Hi, everybody, and welcome this morning to South Fellowship and to our worship time. My name is Dan Elliott. I'm the pastor of Community Care here, and I'm so glad you've joined us. If this is one of the first times you've been with us, you know, we're going to be showing some connection cards uh, digitally that will come up on your screen. We'd love to get in touch with you. Uh, if you have a prayer request or a need, yeah, please communicate that to us through using those cards. Uh, this morning, our youth pastor, Josh Suddeth, is going to be bringing the message, and I know he's got a special message for each and every one of us. I, I just picture that uh, word that he's going to bring washing over us, uh, especially at a time like this. I wish we could be together. I wish we could give more than just virtual hugs, but we're in a unique time in our history. God's going to do that. God's going to minister to us this morning. You know, let's start our worship, and I'm going to turn it over to one of our families right now who will bring us our call to worship. Take it away, Wisemans. Hey, South Fellowship. We're the Wisemans. I'm Bill. I'm Jen. I'm Mason. And I'm Lily. We miss you guys all so much. We hope we see you soon. We do. We miss you all, but we are so, so thankful that we have other ways to still connect. Our call to worship today comes from Psalm 86, 9 and 10. It reads, All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. So, let's worship. Have a great Sunday. Bye. 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 <laughs> Alrighty, South Fellowship Church. I can't tell you how much I miss seeing all your faces. I might be your worship pastor, but what you may not know is that uh, you all are my worship leaders. <laughs> Normally, I get to look out across your faces and see you all worshiping. I miss seeing that. Um, but we're going to worship him anyway because he's worthy. <laughs> and no matter what circumstances, and this next song even describes, um, no matter what circumstances, he's still our lighthouse and we're going to worship him. All right? Let's do it together.
your purposes will prevail. Thank you that you are the lion who comes in strength and fights our battles. Thank you that you are the lamb, that your shed blood frees us from sin and breaks the chains of our bondage. And thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, and that nothing can separate us from your love. As it says in Romans 8, 35 to 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine or sore, or nakedness or danger? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I love this song because it's a, it's a reminder of what the greatest promise that we have is. God doesn't always promise to take us out of every circumstance, but what he does promise is to be with us through all of them. Nothing can take that away. This song is a great reminder of that. Let's sing it together.
once was lost in darkest night You thought I knew the way The sin that promised joy in life It led me to the grave I had no hope that you would As I ran my hellbound race, indifferent to the cost, you looked upon my helpless state and led me to the cross. And I beheld God's love displayed. You suffered. those that are watching. My name is Amy Palma and I am the kids pastor here at South and today I'd like to share with you a spiritual practice that you can do together with your family, with your roommates, or even on your own. A spiritual practice is something that we do to connect with what's in our heart, with our mind, with our hands, something our whole body can do. Well right now we're all in the season that we've experienced some type of loss. Kids you may have lost out on playing a sport, or going to a huge event you were looking forward to, or even just playing with your friends face to face. Teens, 
You may have lost out on finishing your school year or even going to prom this year. Adults, you may have lost your job or lost some type of income or even a friend or someone you knew. No matter what our loss is, I look around us and I see all of these blessings that God continues to pour out on us. And I don't know about you, but as I think through those blessings, some of those I wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't lost something to begin with. So today I want to focus on the blessings that God has given us during this dark time in order to bring the light into the darkness. So what you need for this activity is different colored post-it notes or different colored light colored paper with some tape. And then you need something to write with, like a pen or a marker. And what I'd like you to do is write or draw a blessing that God has given you during this season. It could be more time with your family. It could be the health of your family. Or it could simply just be learning something new. Whatever it is, take time to write or draw it out. You can do a lot more than just one. So as many that comes to your mind. And then once you've written yours, or drew yours, then share it with those that are around you. So I wrote, time to connect with our family. All of our family lives somewhere else. And so during this season, we've had a lot more opportunities to call and FaceTime them than ever before. And it has been a blessing to our family. So once you've shared with those that are around you, I want you to find a window in your home that the sunlight shines through. Go to the window and take all of your post-it notes or all of your paper with tape, and you're gonna place it on the window. And as you do place it, I want you to say, Lord, thank you for whatever you wrote or drew. So I'm gonna say, Lord, thank you so much for the time that we've got to connect with our family in this season. As you put these post-it notes and, and a paper on your window, I want you to create an image of some kind or fill the entire window so it's like a stained glass window. And then every time you walk by it in the next couple days and the sunlight shines through, I want you to remember that even during this season where things haven't always worked out the way we've wanted them to or we've lost something that we were really looking forward to, that God still loves us and he shines his light for us through his blessings that he continues to provide for us. And so let the image that you've made on your window be a beautiful reminder that God is still at work in all around us.
Well, hey, South, uh, you know, I took some time to reflect on what Easter weekend was like. And this is what I concluded. It was remarkable. Larry gave one of the best sermons he's ever given as he encouraged our community to look for signs of resurrection in our daily lives. We celebrated our union with Jesus, with believers across the globe, and we were literally taken to the rooftop as Aaron and our team led us in worship and proclaiming the way-making power of our God. It was remarkable. And then there's now. And in the last six days, there's been three major events that have rocked my world. And maybe you can add to that list. On Sunday night, an F3 tornado went ripping through my hometown in Chattanooga, Tennessee. On Tuesday night, my brother-in-law, a man that I dearly love, found out that he lost a family member to this virus in California. And on Wednesday night, as many of you have already heard, our interim pastor, Larry Boatwright, lost his mom tra tragically to a heart attack. It feels as though we've come down the ladder off of the rooftop. We're hanging out in the back parking lot, looking at each other, wondering what just happened. That's what it feels like to me, and I can imagine that's what it feels like to many of you. I've seen the emails that have come across the prayer request, request page for the church, and I know that there are many of you dealing with furlough releases and job changes and that this virus is starting to hit closer to home for many of you. And if nothing else, you're affected by the trickle down that's happened to all of us during this quarantine time. You know, I, about two weeks ago, I started to have some emotions that crept up in my heart and I didn't know quite where they were coming from. But as this quarantine has lagged on and as I've gotten a little bit more clarity and then finally this week realized some of these things, I, I connected some of these emotions that were rising up in me to a time in my life about 10 years ago. It was a season in my life where I, I lived alone in a barn in Nashville with two horses. There was no room in the inn, but there was no Mary or baby Jesus either. I was alone and I was struggling. I didn't like how life was turning out. Yeah, I, I was in what amounted to about a two and a half year multi-round wrestling match with Jesus. And as you know, if you've been through a season like that, um, every time we get into a wrestling match with Jesus, we lose. But the beauty of it all is that in losing, we always win. And during that season in my life, there were several passages of Scripture that God used time and time again. There were also people in my life. There were members of God's church, saints of His, that He used to literally carry me. At times to help me believe again. To remind me that He was undeniably able in the midst of what I was going through. One of those friends during that season in my life approached me and made a statement that I've remembered ever since. He said to me that, Josh, there's, there's probably going to be a season coming down the road in your life, and maybe more than one, where God resurrects some of what you went through during this time, some of those emotions that you felt and those things that you experienced and the memories you have. 
and maybe even the things that God has poured into you, and he's going to use it to minister to his church. And South, on some level, uh, I feel like that time is now. So I sit before you today um, as a letter, Uh, a letter written by those friends of mine, the ones that carried me. And it's a letter, as Paul says, not written with ink, but one written with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And here's what it says. It says to you and I that God wants to use us now in the midst of what our world is going through to help struggling people make it. To, to help them believe on Him again and to remind them that He is undeniably able in the midst of what they are encountering. You know, there's a little battered, torn piece of paper that I carry in my wallet and I have for years. It's sort of my mantra in preaching. It's what keeps me grounded when I begin to lose my mind in ministry. And it just has a little quote on it. Uh, And this is what it says. It's it's by a guy named Al Mohler. And it says, "Our, Our task as preachers is not theological speculation. We're not called to doctrinal creativity, and we are not summoned to invent a message. We simply receive it. And as we receive it, so we preach. So as you've invited me into your home this morning, I, I want to invite you into my home 10 years ago. It was a place where I could laugh and cry and sing and lament and speak the scriptures out loud, and no one could hear me except God and two horses. Now, Fair warning, by the time I left that barn, one of those horses was a professing Christian and the other one had fallen dead. So do with that what you will, but the point remains. I was massively encouraged by God's people during the time when I was struggling. So this morning, will you receive with me what God might have to say to you through His Scriptures? You know, we're starting this series called Not Like Me. And we thought, what a better way to kick off this series than to soak in a section of Ephesians that will just serve to set the tone for the remainder of this series. So you can turn with me in your Bibles or just listen along, but I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, which He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works everything out in accordance with the purpose of His will, in order that we, 
who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the glorious riches of His inheritance in the saints, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you once lived when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even while we were dead in our transgressions. For it is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one may boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore remember that you who were Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at one time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. You are without hope and without God in the world. But now, through Christ Jesus, those of you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in His flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in Himself one new man, out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father through one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built into a dwelling place in which God lives by his Spirit. Therefore I, Paul, prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery that has been made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. 
In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by God's Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of His power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make known to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to His eternal purpose, which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I urge you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp just how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Now to Him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice, 
Come young and old from every land, men and women of the faith. Come those with full or empty hands, find the riches of His grace. Over all the world, His people sing shore to shore. We hear them call the truth that cries through every age. Our God is all in all. Rejoice, rejoice. Let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice. Oh, church of Christ. Now, I have to tell you that that's only the second time I've shared that passage in a church setting. And those words are packed with emotion for me, in part due to what it was like the first time I shared them. I was a young man, and I had been doing this a fair amount around my hometown. And in many ways, I felt paraded around like a young person who just had a unique gift that people could clap for and feel astonished at. But that morning, something was different. I had been invited to share the book of Ephesians at a small country church, an Adventist church in North Georgia. And as I ended sharing, just like I shared with you, I had a man beckon to me from the pew. And as I approached him, he said, young man, I need to share something with you. And I said, yes, sir. And the man replied, I'm dying, son. I've got only weeks to live, and most days my body isn't strong enough to get out of bed. But this morning, he said, I asked the Lord for the strength to make it to church. And then he said these words that I'll never forget. He said, and now that I've had those words wash over my soul, I understand why. It was a massively encouraging moment for me because what it told me as a young person was that God didn't intend to just use me down the road. His intent was to use me then and there, in the now. And you see, the beauty of God's Word being living and active is that God is limitless in the way that He can use His Word at any time to impact any soul. And I'd be curious to hear what washed over you this morning. For me, as I went through these words in my own heart and mind in preparation, this is the thing that washed over me. It's that God's intent, as Ephesians says, is to use His church now to make His manifold wisdom known in every corner of creation. He wants to use you and I in the midst of what's going on in our world, living by grace through faith to impact the people around us. He wants your neighbor to know Him. He wants you to know Him better. He wants your family members to know Him, and He wants everybody that you interact with, even the people that aren't like you, to recognize His majesty and His glory in this world, and to live in His way with His heart. Wow. 
Josh, thanks so much for those words from Ephesians, how important they are for us today. Thinking of the manifold wisdom of God being demonstrated through the church so that the whole world can see it. Um, you know, I just want to share just a few quick ways that we can be the hands and feet of God to show that wisdom to the rest of the world serving, especially during this time of COVID. Um, we have something at South called South Cares. And I'd love it if you'd be interested in getting involved in it. You can go to our website and you'll find a little link that opens up to COVID information. And under there, you can see where you could volunteer to be part of our South Cares volunteer list. Uh, we're trying to reach into the community. We're trying to reach into our own community itself to be able to meet needs, tangible needs in many different ways. Um, we need people who are willing to drive, people who are willing to go through inventory, people who are willing to shop. Uh, we'd, we'd love it if you'd like to be part of that. Just go to our website, you can get some more information on that. And a second area that I share, and this is kind of a family matter, uh, but I invite you all to step into this. Uh, you, you notice that this morning you haven't seen our executive pastor, Larry Boatwright. Larry has been so instrumental in our church over these past months. Uh, he's walked as our interim pastor. He's led in great ways. And on Wednesday night, he got the sad news that he lost his mother uh, suddenly to a heart attack. He is back with his family in Missouri this morning, and tomorrow they're going to be having a graveside service that he's going to lead. I just ask us all to pray for Larry. Lift him up. Remember him during these hours, these days. It's uh, a tough road he's walking right now. Hey, I'd encourage you all, join us in the Zoom room afterwards. Uh, we'll have some great times breaking into our Zoom meetings and talking about Josh's message. Thank you so much for joining us. Let God take you this week and allow him to speak his manifold wisdom through you to your neighborhood. Thanks for much. Bye-bye.